Welcome to Crawl Space. I'm Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic today because mostly we have a guest on that has pretty much restored a lot of my faith in humanity. Before we get to that, I need you to restore my faith in how you're doing today. And <laughs> I hope everyone out there is doing well. Are you able to say you are doing well as well, Tim? Thank you for asking, Lance. I am doing well today. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm really excited to speak with our guest today, who's also an old friend of mine. I uh, met him in Los Angeles, God, um, 10 years ago or something like that. I'm, I'm not really sure, but he made a documentary that I worked on for a day or two with him that is called Queen Mimi. And I highly recommend checking out this documentary. Uh, Zach Galifianakis is in the documentary. I think Renee Zellweger is in it briefly as well. Um, but it is a movie that came out in 2014. It's a documentary about a woman named Mimi Haste, who has uh, sadly, unfortunately, recently passed away. Um, but she was a homeless woman on the streets of Santa Monica who actually lived in a laundromat for a period of time. And Zach Galifianakis and Renee Zellweger actually rented her an apartment and even furnished it. Um, and they really befriended her. And it's, it's an, an amazing story. Highly recommend checking out Queen Mimi wherever you get your documentaries. But Lance, this interview today is mostly about his new project. It's called The New Adventures of Gidon Lev, based on a book called The True Adventures of Gidon Lev. And Gidon is a Holocaust survivor, Lance. And I just feel like this topic is so important in today's political landscape where it's so hot and you have people denying that the Holocaust even happened. This is an important documentary, and our friend Yaniv is making it for very little money, and you can donate to this by going to kickstarter.com and searching The New Adventures of Gidon, and that's G-I-D-O-N, Lev, L-E-V, and you can support this. And the reason why I say this is an important documentary is partially because of what you just said, Tim. This topic is still out there, Holocaust deniers and the like. And Gidon is a bridge, and we talk about this in the interview, between several generations. World War II and the Holocaust happened in the 1930s and 40s. And we're in 2022, and we have a really unique opportunity to hear from somebody who was alive and went through it. And that's not going to happen very often, if at all, in the next few years. So you need to make sure that this individual's story is out there. And he has a remarkable relationship with this woman, Julie, who is now his partner. And they have taken on social media to promote their message and fight things like anti-Semitism, racism, homophobia, transphobia. It's amazing what they're doing on social media. And again, to support this documentary is really not to be hyperbolic, but to keep history alive and to keep the truth about things alive. Absolutely. Yeah, this, uh, this project is dripping with humanity, just like Yaniv's last project, Queen Mimi, was. And you can check out thenewadventuresmovie.com, and that'll take you right to the Kickstarter. But also, you should follow The True Adventures on TikTok. They have amassed over 372,000 followers on TikTok. It's The True Adventures, and Gidon comments right back to people who call him a liar about the Holocaust, and it's 
honestly fascinating to watch. All right, so I really hope you like this interview with Yaniv Roca, documentarian, and his son makes a little appearance in the background uh, during right. this interview. So there might be some sound where you hear his son, and uh, sometimes it's hard to get away from those kids. Well, I think it speaks a bit to the humanity that you mentioned with Yaniv. He's doing the interview while he's in Israel with his family. He's taken some time to be with his family. His son's there, and... It's part of the personality that is Yaniv, and it comes across in such a genuine way that to cut it would just be to take away from what we're trying to say about his character and what he's trying to do with his career. Tim, tell, tell people some news. Well, if you would like to hear this episode and all of your favorite Crawl Space episodes ad-free, I've got an answer for you finally, Lance. Uh, that's been the question on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> Yeah, I figured you can go to crawlspace.supportingcast.fm and you can subscribe to Crawlspace Premium for the price of a cup of coffee that you and I would split per month. You get all the Crawlspace ad-free episodes. You also get a bonus show. It's a weekly bonus show called the Crawlspace Crypt. Well, you know, now that that has been removed from the tip of my tongue, I have another <laughs> question that has taken its spot. At the tip of my tongue. If we're doing this for the Crawl Space show, are we doing this for the Missing show? You are absolutely correct. We are. And you can check that out at missing.supportingcast.fm. And if you're not familiar with the Missing podcast, we speak about missing people. And on the Missing Premium subscription service, we speak a little bit more openly about our opinions on these cases. Well, now that that's been removed from the tip of my tongue, you know what's next up on the docket and has reached the tip of my tongue, and that is, what are we doing this summer? We are touring with true crime obsessed Patrick Hines and Maggie Freeling. Lance, we're hitting five cities in the month of August 2022. It's Orlando. It's Atlanta. It's St. Paul, Dallas, and then Houston. Check out tickets at truecrimeobsessed.com. And if anyone is out there in the fine city of Atlanta, we have been instructed to push that show. We want to pack that house. We're excited to go to Atlanta, and we want to see you there. So again, that's truecrimeobsessed.com, and click on the See Us Live link. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Make sure to follow us on social media. There are links in the show notes. And be sure to donate to this amazing documentary again that is at kickstarter.com and just search the new adventures of Gidon Lev this episode is brought to you by Shopify forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the podcast, filmmaker Yaniv Roca. How are you today? Hey, great, Tim. Great to see you. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, thank you for joining us. You said before we started rolling that you are not located anywhere close to our neck of the woods. We are on the <laughs> east coast of the United States. Where are you um, so professionally tuning, uh, like broadcasting from right now? Yeah, at the moment, um, in my hometown, Netanya, in Israel, which is a, a small beach town, Mediterranean Sea. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, I was in France, and before that, I was in New York, where I currently reside. Yaniv and I met years ago in Los Angeles uh, while working on one of your other films. It is called yeah. Queen Mimi. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about that uh, documentary, Queen Mimi? Yeah, so I was working as a barista at a coffee shop on Montana Avenue in Santa Monica, if anyone is familiar with Santa Monica, affluent neighborhood. And uh, I remember getting up early at five to open the cafe. It's like these uh, one of these fancy coffee shops where, you know, they make all the drawings and stuff. And we were the first ones, really. So we were a big deal in, in town. Um, so I would notice every morning across the street, an elderly woman kind of getting up like at the same time and like, you know, doing her business and just got my curiosity, like what, why is she, what is she doing there at like five, five thirty in the morning and who is she and what's going on? <laughs> so out of curiosity, I started reaching out to her gave her some coffee in exchange for, you know, she would wash her like dirty rags. And turns out this, you know, figure in Santa Monica, everybody kind of knew her, uh, the queen of Montana Avenue. And, but no one really knew her story. So I had to uh, dig in and uh, I started following her around on my cell phone. This is back in 2014. So it wasn't even that great. But I think the uh, the first instinct was I wanted to preserve whatever that she presented to me, which was magical, basically. Like she was very funky and always, you know, dresses up in pink and loves to to laugh and dance. And we're talking about an 85 year old lady, by the way, homeless lady who lives in a laundromat. So, you know, one thing led to the next. And then I found out she's best friends with like Zach Galifianakis. And, you know, and then I realized like maybe there is a movie here. And I started, you know, making calls and borrowing cameras. And, and then it's gotten a little better. And that's when I got the call from Elliot Kotick, who became a producer and introduced, introduced me to you, Tim to help out with, uh, you know, DPing, doing some photography. And I think I was going to pay you. And then you said, you know what? You don't have to pay me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is how much I loved her and the project. I want to support it. So, you know, it's it's those little things that uh, that people do and, and turn into something beautiful. So it ended up doing really well in festivals. And then we got... Um, uh, distribution with Netflix. So the movie Queen Mimi was on Netflix for three years. You can't really explain enough about the feeling that that documentary gives you. It's it, it's beyond um, a, a moving story about an eccentric woman. Like it really makes you look at your own life and and makes you 
appreciate everything that you have. And if anyone hasn't seen it yet, you said it was on Netflix for a little while, for three years. Where can people, can they still get it on Netflix? So it was on Netflix for three years and then now it's on, it was on uh, Apple for a while. Now it's on Amazon or Amazon Prime. And so that's where people can, can find it. I think also on uh, Vimeo on demand so people can still watch it. yeah it's it, i i love what you said i mean in in a way i think it's uh everyone's finds something unique that they probably project onto mimi like she was that special and everyone who met her along the way fell in love with her and wanted to help out reach out you know like are you okay do you need help how can we help you and i think it was the same with zach when he met her at the laundromat he was back then an unknown comedian and then he just found out this older lady on the bench and you know they struck up a conversation and they ended up being best pals and uh and then he ended up helping her big way so that's uh that's the beauty of the story yeah absolutely it is a beautiful story and uh zach galifianakis's connection with mimi is um very heartwarming. You kind of just get a feel for the way they interact. And it's, uh, it's, it's humorous and heartwarming as well. And uh, you mentioned the word magical. I feel like that's the perfect word. That was actually the word that was coming to my mind too when, when you said that. Um, there was something magical about Mimi. And I'm sorry uh, that, she's, that she's gone now, um, un- unfortunately. Tragic loss. Um, she she inspired something in everybody who met her and who watched the movie. And it is, it is difficult to put your finger on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think she saw everyone as equal. Like that was a big, a big one, like in her eyes and a little sparkle in the sparkle in her eyes when especially good looking men, by the way, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) she always, you know, invited people into her life. Like, there was something, you know, that the aura, I guess they, they talk about people have this, you know, she had a, a pink aura um, <laughs> and people just kept coming in and, and chipping in and, and helping. And uh, yeah, she, um, she really, uh, she made the community of Santa Monica stronger. I remember, you know, her birthday parties or I was at her 96th birthday party. <laughs> Uh, in August of uh, 2021 and just like maybe 50 people including Renee Zellweger show up to like you know (laughs) celebrate her birthday party it just it it comes to show you that you know what a what a wonderful person she was not perfect but pretty awesome (laughs) yeah I mean who's perfect really and what this does as well is makes you and at least it made me look at everybody and and not just pass someone by as like a vagrant with no story and and that's the real one of the powerful one of the real powerful uh, aspects about telling her story is that don't write don't write certain people off just because they appear to have a lot less than you material materialistically um she is she's like rich with character and you can learn a lot you can learn a lot from people like that and you know since watching that movie 
I, I try to talk to people. You know, I I try to talk to people if, if someone is on the street and they have like a petition and, you know, sign this. So many people just walk by people. Like just make eye contact, you know, give a give a give a smile and see what happens. And there's really nothing bad's ever happened because I, I think for the most part, people have something good to say and they have a good story. And if you take nothing else from Queen Mimi, uh, you got to take you take at least that, like realize that everyone's got a story. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100 percent on that. She really uh, someone I think wrote in one of the reviews that like, you know, the, a face to homelessness. Right. Like there's so many homeless people in California. And that's something that also really uh, sat with me for a long time. When I moved to the States, I've never really met any homeless person in my life. And then, you know, there was kind of a shock, like there's so many homeless people here. Why? Where is the family? They must have had family at some point. Why is the family not helping out? Like what is going on? So I think there is part of that too, of like, you know, I wanted to make a film about like homelessness perhaps, but through an incredible character that, you know, to, to show you that they're, they're all different. They're not all, you know, on drugs or, you know, you can generalize basically. I think that's the core for me. It's like, they're all special in their own way. And we just have to open our eyes and hearts and, try to include them and help them out, reach out and um, yeah, make it, make it better. Cause I don't know what, when the last time you were in Los Angeles, my friend, but it ain't pretty. Yeah. I, I heard the pandemic has uh, made the homelessness even worse. Yeah. Yeah. It is a tragic problem. Um, well, Yaniv, let's discuss your new project, the new adventures of Gidon Lev. Can you tell us a little bit about this project? So Gidon is 87 years young. In many ways, he reminds me of, of Mimi. I, I just can't help myself. You know, it took me such a long time to make another documentary because I couldn't find anything that you know, spark my interest as much as the elderly, perhaps. I think I have a weak spot for older people. Uh, and especially when they're motivated and, you know, love to do crazy stuff and dancing <laughs> and just like full of life and, and, and on a mission. I think it's so, it just lifted my spirit. So I, when I found out about them, I reached out to, uh, let me, let me uh, retrace for a moment. So when Queen Mimi came out, it showed at a, a festival in Haifa in Israel. It's a big film festival. And that's where I met Julie, who is um, uh, Guidon's partner. And uh, we kind of, you know, struck a friendship. And then she, uh, she also uh, uh, reviewed the film on Huffington Post. So definitely stayed friendly with her. <laughs> but then she started posting on Facebook and social media about her relationship with this, you know, Holocaust survivor. Uh, Julie is a Californian native. She never met a Holocaust survivor in her life. She moves to Israel after a, a loss to kind of reinvent her life, find a eat, pray, love moment, only to realize she she came to the one of the most complex places in the world, Israel. 
and uh, dodging rockets from not knowing anyone, not speaking a word of Hebrew. And then she meets Gidon. He one day calls her up and he's like, I hear that you're a writer. Uh, would you write my memoir? Julie said, uh, I don't think so, but <laughs> I'll have coffee with you. And then they have coffee. They fall in love. <laughs> they write the book. It wins a bunch of awards. It's a great, it's a great book. It's called The, the, True, the True Adventure of Gidon Lev. Then I just, one day I just Facebooked her and said, I think there is a film here. I'd like to, you know, come and meet you guys in person and maybe make a, a documentary about your story. And so they were very excited about that. Um, so I filmed them a few times, kind of like trying to understand their relationship, how they got together. They have a beautiful story. Obviously, Gidon is a Holocaust survivor with an amazing story as well. There's so much to, to talk about here. So I, and then suddenly they start a TikTok together and it goes viral in like a few months. So it doesn't get better, right? <laughs> Holocaust TikTok. Hello. <laughs> well, that must have been that must have been an incredible cup of coffee. I like how you uh, told the story. You said, "Oh, she got together with him. They had a cup of coffee, fell in love." <laughs> like, yeah. was it really that much like love at first sight? So I did ask Gid on on our first. Uh, I auditioned them on Zoom. This is like deep in you know Corona pandemic, and I said. Uh, so we, you know, they told me how they met each other. And I said, Gidon, so is that love and first sight? And he goes, probably second. <laughs> <laughs> and Julie was like, what? <laughs> That's great. You know, Israel is a tough place. It's not always, you know, lovey-dovey. So, and, and I think love at second sight is even better, probably sweeter, right? Because you, by then you got to know the person. And uh, and yeah, yeah. Then they move in with each other. They create things together. They go on a hot air balloon adventure. Like just like crazy, crazy stuff that I don't do at my age. <laughs> Hence the the new adventures of Gidon Lev. And obviously, you know, they they educate younger generation about the Holocaust on TikTok, and you know, fight you know trolls and and deniers and anti-Semites and and just uh, so much more. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsors. And now we're back to the program. Yeah, that that's one of the first things that you see, I guess, about their TikTok page, which has over 370,000 followers as of this recording. And there's... Uh, obviously a lot of their videos are about the Holocaust. Some of them include get on dancing to uh, negative comments about the Holocaust, call, calling it fake, calling him a liar about it. And in one, he says that, you know, I wish it was a lie. Right. Um, which is, which is quite profound. How important is this page for people to see on, on TikTok, on social media? I think they're doing a remarkable job. They're getting so much hatred. It's, it's scary, but they change people's minds and people reach out and they say, oh my God, thank you so much. We now understand a little better or we are curious about the history. We want to know more. So I think 
this is the future. This is where we're going to educate people about, I guess, the world is TikTok now, right? That's where you learn things. So at least let's make it fair and right. Let's not rewrite history, please. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of these uh, haters found this platform as well before, you know, Gidon did. And so you just, you have to fight back. And it's just, it, as you said, it's not only about the Holocaust. It's a, they're very, uh, they're very political. They're very, uh, you know, verbal about everything that's happening. That's current. I'm going to try my best to articulate this as clearly as I can, but I feel like the past few generations have gone through like this sort of fog where a lot of bad education happened. And I feel like a lot of people buried their head in the sand when it came to recognizing how much hate there is not only in the world, but especially in the United States, because no one taught anyone about certain genocides that were that were uh, inflicted on minority populations and we were given like bad history and that just led to more ignorance and i feel like what they're doing what Gidon and and uh julie are doing is using that platform they know what they're going to get they know they're going to get this hate but at least that hate is like rising up at least that hate is coming to the surface and it's been coming to the surface for the past like seven or eight years so bring it out i mean this this world got to a certain position because a lot of people buried their head in the sand and they didn't want to know about certain things and it wasn't properly taught. So if you can use your platform and you can get, you know, several hundred thousand followers, it's going to come with hate. But at least that hate is going to be there and you're going to be able to address it like head on. Um, and it's brave what they're doing. Yeah, they're very articulate. I love that. I love, yeah. I think Julie is such an amazing ambassador to, I mean, Gidon is amazing himself, but Julie obviously is behind the scene, you know, the the puppet master or whatever, uh, you know, she helps Gidon with, with, you know, creating all these amazing videos and they're very current, they're very sharp. You know, Julie was uh, like a top editor or a ghostwriter, I guess, in Hollywood back in the day. And she worked with some, you know, really big, big, big names. So she understands story. She understands rewrites. She understands history. And so having her there, it's so, I mean, she's doing a better job than most of us who also buried their head in the sand because, you know, a lot of times it's like not comfortable to talk about these things or, you know, we, we hide, we shy away from it. Like, you know, let's not talk about it. Right. But I guess that doesn't work because, you know, you get the other extreme on the other side. So it sends me back to when we started to uh, be, uh, you know, uh, Facebook friends or social media friends. Uh, there are all these uh, like, you know, wars with Gaza, Lebanon. It's like, it was, it was a lot for me as an Israeli trying to defend Israel at the time. Like people are being killed. It's a war. It's terrible. But, 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 but. So I would lose friends and I would try to defend Israel, but it wasn't always easy. Meanwhile, Julie is, you know, liberal, progressive and doing such a great job defending us, Israeli. She's not even Israeli. Now she is, I think, but she knows how to 
tell a story. Julie is amazing. Gidon is so much fun. I spoke with him today. He's very excited. We're making a movie and uh, we need help and support. I want to um, ask a little bit about Gidon's story. Now, he was in a concentration camp when he was between the ages of 6 and 10. Is that correct? Right. Yes. His his parents or, or grandparents were killed in the concentration camp? Yes. He was in Theresienstadt, which was a, a propaganda camp where they would show, look how well we treat these people, you know, like they make music and art. And so he was there with his mom. And then uh, when the war was over, he found out that 26 members of his family died, including his dad. So... You know, then, you know, like, how do you begin life from, from there as a 10-year-old? So they moved to the States and then Canada. And then he moved to Israel, married, had a, had a daughter who was kidnapped. <laughs> and then he went to California, found a daughter, kidnapped her back, come back to Israel and started a, another family. So yeah, it is, his story is filled with uh, twists and turns. It makes a great, obviously there is the book, The True Adventures. And so, yeah, we want to tell his story in this documentary, uh, you know, the relationship with Julie. And for me personally, I want to understand like Julie's angle too. Like what makes someone who is, you know, like a Californian, you know, successful writer go to like such a, a difficult place, I guess, you know, if I may say, like, I, I'm trying to understand that angle. And then obviously their work, how they make it work, you know, the odd couple, right? He's 30 years older than her. There's a incredible story that you painted a broad brush over with his daughter being kidnapped and then he went to California and kidnapped his daughter back is can you get into that just a little bit more that's really fascinating yeah his first wife was American as well they lived in a kibbutz for a few years and I think when she was about four I guess she had it with Israel or with the kibbutz and then she took the daughter and moved to California not telling Gidon anything you know, Gidon obviously suspected, and he literally took the first plane out. That's his character, though. You know, he's like a doer, not knowing anyone and anything, just like this is all described beautifully in the book, by the way. And then, you know, he spent, I think, a couple months there until he found out about his ex-wife and the daughter. He literally went to the house, took the daughter, got on the plane back to Israel, and, you know, <laughs> just like that wow okay that's incredible yeah <laughs> they're 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 friends now they're all friends by the way his ex-wife and him and the daughter they, they made they made peace but his daughter now lives in uh santa cruz and i was going to interview her actually a couple months ago when they were in the states Gidon and julie but then literally everyone had COVID, <laughs> like first Gidon, then Julie, then I. <laughs> so it was just not meant to happen. How painful is it for Gidon to fight back against Holocaust deniers online? They, they struggle sometimes, both of them. You know, Julie would say, like, I'm really disappointed we didn't get, you know, a certain amount likes that we hope we would get on a certain post so sometimes they're having 
hard days. And then, you know, but there is also so much love out there and so much support. We're getting so much support right now with this, you know, just with the trailer that we put out, you know, maybe we're not going to make it with the Kickstarter campaign, but the amount of like support is just, it blows my mind, which again, reminds me of the Queen Mimi project. You know, it was like, it's just like everyone kind of like, up on the train and like wanting to help. So that's what I love about these things. Like it takes a village and a lot of work and effort, but it's going to happen. And that's what I told Gidon today is like, I'm disappointed that we're not getting, you know, we're not able to raise all the funds yet. And I said, number one, there's still, there's still time. There are eight, 17 more days. And number two, even if we don't, we're still going to make your movie. Like rest assured. Are you with me? Is like, Yaniv, I'm with you all the way. Yes. So to answer your questions, it's a ride. You know, obviously he's getting up there. He's 87. It's he's no spring chicken anymore. You know, Julie would sometimes call me and she goes, um, you know, I'm really worried about Gidon. He's talking about not delivering flowers anymore. Like, well, <laughs> he's 87. Uh, you know, things, things are going to happen obviously rapidly so i feel like i'm on a mission and uh need to hurry up to tell a story because at the end of the day you know there there are not that many people out there that are still witness for this you know moment in history and it's so important to preserve that and and tell their stories so i'm gonna do it absolutely and i want to ask you if if you address or what your feelings are about him being a Holocaust survivor. So we're talking about this generation, the thirties and forties, and then 30 years later, Julie's born, right. Or, or there's that 30 year difference between the two of them. So she's almost acting like this bridge between what is almost a lost generation that in the meantime, all these, Movements have happened in the world and in culture, and now together she sort of bridged it, bridged the generations, and together they they fight all of these. They fight for for uh, human rights. They fight transphobia. They fight uh, homophobia. They fight anti-Semitism, and they use social media. So it's this incredible arc that that is taking place here through generations. And I just want to know your thoughts on that. Honestly, you've said it so beautifully. Like, I, I you know, it, it's exactly that. Like, you know, Julie, we need Julie to to make this happen. You know, I, I don't think Gidon was able to do it alone. And, and you know, Julie saw the potential. At, when Gidon asked her to write a book about his life, she said, me? Holocaust? No, no, I can't. Like, you know, she's a convert. She, she's not a... a, a born to judaism right like like me which is you kind of take for granted so she said no no i can't that's not mine but something happened i think she felt like there is a call for her to 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 be that person to carry the torch and um so yeah she's she's the bridge she's smart she's got it she really you know she gets social media she's very they're very involved I'm just I'm just blown away from from their the work that they're doing in this day and age better than any you know like 
history book, like, you know, because no one reads anymore, right? And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsors. And now we're back to the program. So, Yaniv, with Queen Mimi and now the new adventures of Gidon Lev, um, these stories, they're like overflowing with humanity. Um, and I... It's it's almost like they're they're stories that are trying to teach us indirectly about life or indirectly about ourselves. Like what what is it that you take from these stories? I'm going back to bridges. I feel like older people are also a bridge in many ways because they, you know, when they're when they're eloquent like Mimi, like you know, they're really they help us transition into perhaps you know being an elderly one day. You know, it, it's not so bad at the end right at the end of the road it could be like fun and it could be important you can still have a mission and you can still have that spark for me that is like i said before i always had a weak spot for for older people i'm not sure why i i you know maybe my parents i'm a youngest youngest child of 10 brothers and sisters so i always have like see my parents as like old perhaps that but I think I recognize something really beautiful in, I almost said children, but in a way they are to me the same, that purity, that this is what it is, like take it or leave it. It gives me hope. It gives me, it, it really does. It gives me hope in humanity, in people. You know, like you nailed it when you said that they, it, this is what it is. I mean, especially in this case, what, he's gone through the worst that most the worst that anyone will probably survive uh at, at no fault of his own you know taken and 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 put through that like horrific experience that was a defining moment in like world history and now he's doing this so it's almost like why wouldn't you listen to this guy <laughs> you know why wouldn't you say you know why would you question anything someone in his position would say and he happens to be fun too, you know. He loves. I think he. I. I. I think he, he. He reminds us that we should keep our our dreams alive. Like here, here it is. Like I feel like with both Mimi and Gidon, Gidon loves to dance. He loves tap dancing. He, he took lessons in in his sixties. Tap dancing, really. I think in his his entire life. One second, Baba. His entire life, he wanted to be a dancer, perhaps, but he couldn't because he had to take care of family. He had to survive. He had to to build and be and you know kind of like Mimi she probably was meant to be a Cinderella and she ended up being a Cinderella much later in life but don't stop dreaming okay now tell us about the Kickstarter campaign you're you're raising money to finish this film so yeah I I had I did I did Kickstarter for Queen Mimi it went it went really well and I just came back to the place where it all began you know and Maybe I was slightly naive asking for a lot of money, but my producer friend Elliot once said, you know, Elliot Kotick, uh, uh, Tim, you know, he, he said, you should ask what you need. Like, you know, just put it out there. And I did it. I'm asking for half of the money of what I need. But I know that this sum would allow me to to really make, you know, a big, a big chunk of, of footage and start editing perhaps. And then, you know, people come on like later in post-production and things like that. So I'm not worried. I'm just, I, I, I'm in a rush. I need to film 
Gidon is 87. You know, there's no tomorrow. Got to do it. Got to do it now. Whether I raise the money or not, I got to do it. I'm going to do it. But it would be nice to raise the money. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I agree. And we'll put the uh, link and everything in the in the show notes and we'll uh, make sure that everyone knows about, you know, spread the word on social media and everything. But I also want to add, it's, it's, uh, it's not just a story about Gidon and Julie it's a story about like our history and preserving that and 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 being a part of something that is is uh, good for your heart. Like right now, so much crap out there is just so bad. Like be a part of something that'll do some good, that'll 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 warm the hearts of other people and just, you know, it's a good thing. It's it's good for right. humanity. Like right. 50 bucks. You get 50 bucks from a few hundred people. Yeah, exactly. Just, uh, you know, give up two lattes and uh, <laughs> make a difference. Uh, but yeah, we, you know, this is, this is an important bridge, I think, to re-educate or just educate a lot of people out there. Yeah, I feel like we're on a mission. Thank you guys for uh, inviting me. Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> so thrilled when I heard from Tim. I was like, oh my God, Tim. <laughs> Of course. Happy to help. I was shocked to see the story that you were telling again and, and how rich it is. And uh, frankly, Holocaust deniers and, and things like that are so disturbing to me that um, I, I didn't know where to start. And when I saw your email come through, I thought that that was a great place. Yeah, we got to fight. We got to fight with education, with books and films. <laughs>